0: You're listening to Season 3, Episode 12. Hello and welcome to Let's Talk Shop. I'm so happy to have you back here with me on the podcast. It's been such a comfort for me to do this during this time, to speak to so many business owners and hearing their stories and hearing that a lot of positives are out there too, which is brilliant. Today, I am speaking with Gail from Gail Manfields about how she's had to kind of adjust how she works a little bit. She's now working in shift with her employee to get all her orders out. We also talk about what's really popular at the moment and how she's feeling really. Then I'm speaking with Patsy from Moxton, which is a platform and sales service for brands. They represent 10 brands at the moment and uh, do their sales for them. They also have their own warehouse and uh, independent retailers and national retailers can order from them both from their website and of course in person. I think it's really interesting that rather than taking the traditional sales agent approach with representing brands that are a bit established, they more consider the potential of a brand and where they see the brand going when they select their brands. Patsy also has a lot of great tips for you in regards of wholesales. So I hope that you get really enjoy this episode. As always, I love seeing where you are listening. So do let me know. Tag me at small underscore business underscore collaborative. And uh, I would love to see where you are listening and reshare share it for you. So remember to tag me. Here's my talk with Gail from Gail Mansfield Designs. Hello, Gail. Thank you so much for coming
1: on Let's Talk Shop. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks so much for inviting me. It would be great if you could introduce to everyone what you do. Yeah, sure. I'm Gail and I'm the founder of Gail Mansfield Designs. We're a design studio and we design and produce um, minimal typographic art prints for your walls. We love a bit of silly humour and a bit of wordplay. You'll see that in some of our designs. We've been going for, wow, coming up for four years now so we launched in summer 2016 um, oh wow I know I don't know where that time has gone <laughs> um yeah it goes fast doesn't it really fast yeah it really does it's scary And I think the the older you get quicker the time goes too um yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah so yeah we launched yeah coming up for four years ago basically we were we were looking for prints for our own home we were renovating our house and we decided actually we could um have a go at creating our own I was on a bit of a career break I'd been a project manager in social housing and I'd I'd been there for my whole career but I was really ready for a change so I was having a little yeah. time out and we were at home with our oh, sorry I was at home with um, my young daughter at the time and I I'd kind of known for quite a few years that I'd wanted to set something up of my own and I'd I'd very nearly set something up back in 2012 but that didn't work out in the end but yeah this this business now is um really I think what I should have been doing so it it's fine that that other business didn't ever come to anything I'm totally cool with that now but my partner is um a graphic designer and I'm really really into interiors and design in general so between us, we felt that that might be a good, a good idea to set set this up, and here we are, basically. So exciting! And did you?
0: So you were already at home on your career break, and you just never went back to work. Then kind of became your full time thing.
1: Um, yes, basically it did. Yeah. So when when I started it, I don't really, I didn't really have a business plan or like know where it was going to go, and it was really just a kind of let's see what happens. We were fortunate in that um, we could live on my partner's salary, so we could kind of take the risk and, you know, see where the business would take us. So, you know, I always feel it's important to mention that, that you can't just necessarily just throw yourself into a business if you haven't got the money behind you kind of thing. Um,
0: Yeah, no, it's hard, isn't it? Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah so so yes basically I was I was at home and I was basically I was basically trying to work out what my next move was going to be because I I knew I'd kind of been in that career for I've been in it for about 16 years and I'd 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 enjoyed it and I'd kind of made my way through different roles in in that field but um my heart wasn't really in it anymore and I've always since a kid been really really into uh my surroundings interiors design but I just never had actually pursued it as a job it was always a hobby but friends would always say you know stuff about my bedrooms when I was a kid and I you know I was always creating stuff so it just felt like yeah I I hadn't I hadn't done that as a job but it was just a kind of Let's see. Let's see if it works out. So, where did you start off selling? Did you
0: sell online from the beginning? What did you do in the beginning?
1: Um, in the beginning, we we set up our own website and we launched with about fifteen designs. I think it's very very small. It was very low key. I didn't do any kind of build up or anything at that time. I had got really into. Um, I'm really into photography, um, and I'd got quite um into taking quite a lot of photos actually of my daughter at the time and I had a personal Instagram account and so I had a small following on there and um I'd got to know quite a lot of you know other mums on there and women and I was kind of chatting to them and so when we did launch the website I I kind of spoke about that a bit on my personal Instagram account so it just I just told a few people that way obviously my family knew what I was doing and stuff, but it was very yeah, it was very low key. It was very let's just see, but we started off, yeah, with our own our own website. Oh,
0: that's exciting. And how did that first sale feel like?
1: It felt great. And in fact, actually the other day I was I was looking back through orders for some reason and I realized like the first kind of and I think actually quite a lot of small businesses do say this is what happens to them, but the first kind of ten or fifteen orders were from people so from some of those people that I'd mentioned who I'd got to know through Instagram on my personal account. Mm. So some of the first orders were those people and then like yeah. my, my like lifelong friends. But yeah, so the to start with, it, it was it was kind of friends and people I already knew. And that, but that was great. And then, um, yeah, and then as time's gone on, obviously, it's a lot of people I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Luckily, that's good. Otherwise, that wouldn't be a business. No, it
1: wouldn't be a business, no.
0: (laughs) So how's business now during this COVID-19
1: lockdown thing that we're all in? Um, It's actually been really good for us. And I think think we're just extremely fortunate in that we're online. So, you know, we're not a bricks and mortar store. We haven't had to close. And um, I guess as well, there's lots of people at home shopping online so yeah so yeah we have we've been fortunate in that we've actually been really busy while this horrible crisis has been going on so
0: that's amazing I know that's great I,
1: I mean to, to start with actually when it first all came out so kind of mid mid-march um we did definitely see a dip and I think that is reflected in and certainly for me that's how I felt like I was really in shock and I was like oh my god what is happening is this real yeah and I think I definitely noticed for about a week our sales were really low I think as people started to kind of get their heads around the situation and realize what was happening and started to settle into being at home or whatever their kind of new normal new situation was then people were starting to you know think about maybe decorating and things like that so we obviously fit into that that
0: category. Yeah, that's true. And I think a lot of people felt more secure once the whole furlong scheme yeah. came it di- yeah. came in to
1: force. Yeah, of course. Because yeah. at
0: least if you, you you get your sort of eighty percent
1: salary. Yeah.
0: Yeah, then you then you can crack on with those like painting walls and buying new prints and Exactly. Doing up your garden. Exactly, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Basically what we have all been doing. Yeah, well, apart from me, because all I've been doing is working.
0: <laughs> yeah, yes. not, I mean, I yeah that complain. too.
1: I'm not complaining. But
0: a good problem to have.
1: A very good problem to have, yeah. So I, I couldn't have predicted how busy we would actually be in this period. It's it's absolutely crazy because um, we we launched a print that we have given all the proceeds to the NHS, and um, that print has, has just sold so so well way beyond what we anticipated so um yeah that's that's been the main the main reason I think that, that what, one of the one of the reasons is that is that new design yeah
0: and was that a design you were always going to launch but then when this happened you decided let's raise some money or was it a design that you did like you know for, for the for that the purpose? Purpose?
1: it was a design that was on our list of of designs we were going to launch but then this this crisis kind of prompted us to to push it forward and also because the whole message of it it's you keep on keeping on it's um it's a really motivational quote so I think a lot of people it resonates with a lot of people for now yeah and um, the reasoning behind um giving all the proceeds is that because we've been going for nearly four years now and I'm I've just been so aware that as a small business you know I want to Give back if I'm able to give back. And I've been umming and ahring back and forth which charities and why and which designs. And I just thought this, well, this is the right time to do something for charity. And so it's just all kind of come together, really. Brilliant.
0: That's so nice and great to be able to do.
1: Yes. Although, (laughs) because I didn't realise how busy it was going to be, normally we have an employee who does our orders for us. Yeah. But because of all the social distancing and everything, and, you know, we've got quite a small studio, which most of the time it's it's me and her both in the studio together, but it's I just didn't feel comfortable with us both being in close proximity. And additionally, she has children and obviously they're off school. So logistically, we, we couldn't manage it. But we've now found a way, fortunately, in that um, we're working in shifts. So she comes in in the evenings. So Oh, good. Yeah, so I'm talking to her from my kitchen. <laughs> But I don't actually <laughs> come into contact with her because we we have a studio at the end of our garden, so that's another thing. That's been- oh, perfect.
0: So she can go and print and process orders in the evening when maybe she can
1: have some help at home. And exactly, yeah, exactly. And also, she doesn't. We've got you can you can access the studio without coming through our house or anything, so it's all totally safe. So it's oh, that's actually, good. Yeah, so it's actually worked out fine.
0: So you're working a shift, so she's working a shift yeah. with,
1: with with her children at home. Yeah, yeah. So it's a bit logistical, but we found a way, and I'm really so pleased we have, because I was um, just killing myself trying to get all those keep-on prints out, to be honest.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah I can imagine it takes time doesn't it,
1: it does. also it takes time but also our, our processing is quite um it's quite laborious because we don't just we don't just print off and pack we we cut every single print out by hand oh <laughs> so, um yeah that's something that you know we're still doing and I don't know how much longer we can continue with that but I love the whole craftsmanship of it and the you know but in terms of processing numerous orders it's not the quickest of of ways
0: yeah so it's not like you print all the same size and
1: no no because we do quite a few different sizes so we we print on a yeah and then we cut them out not actually we don't cut all we, we we're moving towards not cutting everything out now but there will still be some that will need to be cut out but but um yeah it's, it's fine it's fine
0: but it just shows you that when something like this happens how resilient Small businesses are you can change make those changes. Actually, yeah, that's very true. Yeah. Yeah. Find a way that works. Yeah. So it doesn't have to be the traditional nine to
1: five. Nope. Exactly. Yeah, that It doesn't. No, it doesn't, does it? No. And I suppose part It doesn't of work that, for everyone. No, no. I mean, you know, we've got we've got our daughter at home and she's ten, so she, you know, she's you know, learning and she's expected by her school to, you know, produce a certain amount of work a day. So we've had to find a way around that you know she's not at an age where you can just leave her to it she still does need quite a lot of support and input but we're and we're both working full time so you have to just find a way somehow and yes I have been putting some late nights in the studio in with a glass of wine but you know it's that's one of the joys of running your own thing is that is the flexibility yeah
0: you can do that for you know if it's not all the time forever then you can do that especially if you're working for yourself so you're doing it for yourself yeah for your own business yeah and have you had to change focus at all have you changed your messaging or anything during this time or have you kind of
1: been doing the same pretty much the same um the only thing that we've done differently is um, letting people know that I can send a gift for them directly to a to a recipient to a family member or a friend we're, we're seeing a lot more of that because obviously people can't get out and get to the shops and pick their gift and then post it themselves so yeah we're doing a lot of that and um, we have a, a notes box where you place your order where you can write a personal note in there so we're not just sending the gift directly, but we're also handwriting a little note to pop in there as well if, if the customer wants that. And some That's of it, really lovely. Yeah, it's really lovely, but I don't know how great my handwriting is, but I'm trying to do it slowly <laughs> and <laughs> my writing has got awful as the years have gone by. My writing is totally illegible.
0: Well, I think yes. When we were younger, well, when we weren't typing as much on yes, computers. totally, totally that, isn't it? Because everything's typed. Yeah, I am, I, um, that was a while ago, but I I, um, I, still have stuff at my parents' house in Sweden. So whenever I go home, I, I sort some stuff and chuck some stuff and yeah. mark some for bringing over here. And I found, like, old notebooks, and I wrote really, really neat. When I was younger, like my notes from school, and it was, you know, it wasn't like shorthand, it was just like full on sentences, and I must have written them quickly mm-hmm. and neatly. And now it's shocking.
1: Oh, that sounds extremely familiar to me. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I was like, how did I have this pretty handwriting? <laughs> I know,
1: I know, I couldn't, I wouldn't recognize that as my own handwriting now, to be honest. <laughs>
0: No, no, it was very elaborate. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I miss this. But I, I just can't do it now. I just can't. But no. I'm sure people appreciate it's. You know, they're not going to go, oh, what's that Have writing? They're going to no. be thinking about the message, aren't exactly. they? Yeah,
2: yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. And, and in fact, some of the messages, honestly, I've been in tears, nearly in tears, because some of them are just so heartfelt. And we've actually found we've had quite, a, although the print, Money is going to the NHS. We've actually had quite a few NHS workers buying themselves the print, and I'm just like, oh god, this is just, yeah. I know, I know. So, that yeah, so it's really been quite an emotional time, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. So, yeah, that's. That's the main main way we've changed the focus, really.
0: And have you uh, have you started selling to shop?
1: Um, well, primarily we're a, a direct to consumer brand, and we mm-hmm. we print to order, so we don't we don't really hold stock. There's certain items that we do, like our foil work. We don't we don't produce in house, so we do have we do hold some of that stock. But um, yes, yeah, so we we do we do we are stocked in a few shops. Small, like lovely gift boutique shops, but predominantly we're we're a direct to consumer brand really at the moment.
0: And and, uh, do you think that? Have you spoken to the shops that you are stocked in? Are they also online as well, or are they Um, pure brick and mortar?
1: Some some of them are both, yeah, and some of them are only bricks and mortar.
0: And have they been doing okay during this time? Have they said anything?
1: Um, I don't really know about the bricks and mortar ones to a a huge degree but the the ones that i can think of that are online are doing are doing fine are doing well so we're still we are still doing some orders for the ones that are online yeah
0: oh that's good that's nice to see yeah Uh, and apart from the print that is going to then is just charities what what else is doing well at the moment have you seen any other things that people are asking for or wanting
1: not there's not a huge difference i wouldn't say to what it was doing before all of this happened so we still do quite a lot of the personalized stuff and we've got a few that are our best sellers so our magnifiques and our blah print yeah the personalized actually i'm probably seeing a bit of a bit of bit more personalization because of the, the whole gifting thing happening at the moment so I think, yeah i guess yeah
0: yeah and people have a bit more time and maybe yeah. yeah so i i feel like there's two extremes at the moment either people have more time than usual yeah or it's the opposite where where they have hardly
1: any time yeah yeah it seems to be those two extremes doesn't it
0: yeah there's very little middle uh, yeah. it's also like kind of like some days are good and some days are just like oh, this needs to be over
1: <laughs> so thing. Definitely. I've, I've definitely felt that i was plodding along with it all quite fine and then about a week ago I was just I just had enough of not being able to go anywhere <laughs> yeah <laughs> I mean I'm quite I'm quite a home person anyway and I'm quite you know I'm not like a big massive social animal but I really miss things like swimming and you know the, just the things you take for granted
0: yeah really yeah yeah. no I miss lots of things too it's a uh, it's funny isn't it like just being able to, like we try to keep to one week uh, like shopping once a week yeah. and you know that yeah. sort of thing mm-hmm. but just being able to go to a shop that isn't a supermarket
1: oh, no. Oh, no. like yeah. it would be so nice oh, no. or to be able to go and do your exercise somewhere that's not within walking distance of your house
0: yeah <laughs> oh, <no>. yeah <laughs> we moved right before this all happened we moved out to the countryside and, and it's lovely to you know have long dog walks on the across the fields but but I kind of want more now (laughs) totally totally haven't been able to visit you know the villages around us and all
1: the shops and stuff and I just want to see it all now I know it really really does make you think how much we just do without even thinking about it doesn't it Mm. all in perspective yeah for sure
0: yeah absolutely so what's the first thing you're gonna do when when we're allowed to again
1: go swimming? I really, I <laughs> honestly, I'm like I'm hallucinating about being submerged in water. I just I love, <laughs> that sounds bizarre, <laughs> but I, no, no, I'm not. I'm I'm not really hallucinating. But I I spend I swimming is my exercise of choice. It really relaxes me. I get so much thinking time done when I swim. I get so much inspiration when I swim because my brain is quite at peace when I'm in the water so I Mm. that is going to be the (laughs) the first I mean we live by the sea but I won't be swimming in the sea anytime soon (laughs) um, yeah definitely the first thing is um get back in the pool I think for me
0: I guess we'll just wait and see I I think did they say they're going to come out with uh, like announcements in the end of the week for how we're going to come out of lockdown
1: I think so wasn't it the 7th of May is that the next the next
0: update yeah something like that i think yeah
1: so i guess we'll see yeah it's just so weird isn't it it's all so weird
0: yeah another thing i really miss is being able to go to like a pub or a restaurant oh yeah oh like i love cooking but
1: not every day three meals a day
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's like Uh, when i get to cook something new and exciting yes fine yeah and it it is keeping me sane to kind of bake and stuff during yeah. this time. Yeah, but I still just want to go and sit down and be
1: served. Oh, oh my, yeah, I'm I'm definitely that is apart from swimming. That's the next thing: go to a cafe or a restaurant. Absolutely,
0: yeah, yeah. And being able to look at a full menu, I mean. Yeah bless them like all, all the local pubs and restaurants and stuff are doing delivery yeah but it's not exactly the same is
1: it because no, you're still in your four walls aren't you so yeah you haven't got that atmosphere of a lovely cafe or restaurant yeah i really miss that actually i really do miss that too
0: yeah and i i'm like you i am very much a home buddy but and i'm an introvert i like being like yeah. by myself i'm i'm perfectly fine yeah, with my own sure. company but, but I just, comes I, the yeah, <laughs> I never realized that, that I would actually, you know, crave human
1: interaction so oh, I much, know. I think. I know, I know. And everybody's doing like Zoom and everything, aren't they? But to me, I'm like, I actually want to either see the person or I want to speak to them on the phone or, um, heck, but I don't really like the whole video call thing so much.
0: No, I think video calls are great for, you know, certain things like business yeah. stuff. Yeah. Brilliant. And we do, like, I'm obviously, I, I use FaceTime a lot with my family back home, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but that's different because mm-hmm. they're back home. It, it's mm-hmm. just yeah, like a phone call, I suppose. But, and we have done Zoom with friends and stuff. And yes, that's been good, but it's never what I would choose to do. No. It feels weird. Yeah.
1: It's all like, who's going to speak next? And uh, it's all stilted. And whose turn is it? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I don't feel natural. No, it doesn't. It doesn't feel natural at all, but. But we are so fortunate to have that, aren't we? Because you know, years ago, if this would have happened, nobody would have had this much connection, would they?
0: No, I mean we are very, very fortunate. Yeah. I think. I think for all of us, you know, not just for the, that human connection, but also for business. Because imagine if this was when in, not everyone had internet at home. Mm-hmm. You know how would a lot of these businesses you would have been mail order make perhaps Yeah, I know. I know. You know crazy. selling in in physical shops either yeah, or yeah. and how would that have looked like I know. What would that have Oh, I know. Like, you know.
1: It's crazy to think how different it would have been isn't it really?
0: I think uh, there's it makes you feel very
1: very grateful in between the and boredness <laughs> that is always my kind of overriding emotion throughout all of this is just you know gratitude really i know it sounds a bit cheesy but it's true
0: yeah no i don't think it sounds cheesy at all i think it's a real
1: thing we all feel
0: super grateful yeah yeah there's so much to be grateful for
1: there really is there really really is yeah i think one thing it's done as well is um well i suppose in that we've well not everybody but a lot of us have slowed had to slow down so that gives you more time to really kind of think about what's important to you and what you don't want to reintroduce when we go back or will we ever go back to how it was? Probably not quite. But when when it picks up again, yeah. you know, are there certain elements that you don't want back in your life? And I think it's really been valuable for that for, for some of us. Absolutely. What are you going to hold on to? Well... I think I've really enjoyed, I don't know if we will be able to hold on to this, but I've really enjoyed, so there's there's me and my partner and our daughter and, uh, you know, having every single meal together every day. We never do yeah. that, and because um, normally Steve is back quite late, so it's just me and Edie eating in the evening, or she'll eat by herself and then Steve and I'll eat later, so it's been every single dinner we've had as a three, and it's just been lovely. I'd, I'd love to hold on to that kind of thing, although they're really chatty and I'm a bit quieter so sometimes I'm a bit like oh can you just stop talking <laughs> so, um,
0: but maybe if you could do it a few times a week yeah. Then, then yeah that, that would be good balance for yeah. you
1: yeah <laughs> um and we've done things like um we've been like watching kind of family movies together and before all this we were a bit culprits of you know she'd watch whatever rubbish she's watching and then we'd watch something different later but we've been kind of proactively trying to find like something we'll all enjoy together in the evenings and that's been lovely so I think you could hold on to that yeah we'll hold on to that yeah
0: (laughs) but that is possible that is completely
1: manageable yeah I
0: think it's just I know you said it out loud
1: too (laughs) (laughs) I've written it written down (laughs) So it's definitely there's been some some great things to come out of it. Yeah.
0: I'm glad. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the podcast for a chat. I'm I'm glad that you've been doing well throughout this. You know, it it is nice and so inspirational to hear that, you know, not all businesses are doing badly in this. Those businesses are doing super well. So I think that's really cool. Thank Thank you would you share where people can find you connect with you and buy from you
1: sure yeah so i mean we're mostly on we're on facebook as well but we're mostly we're more active on instagram so it's gail mansfield designs it's gail spelt g-a-y-l-e mansfield designs all one long word bit too long really but can't change it now <laughs> um <laughs> and i website. Is gail, G A Y L E Mansfield dot um, dot uk. See,
0: I think that it's very
1: memorable,
0: even if it's longer. Do you? you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I managed to squeak you said two underscores in mine. That was not a sensible thing to do. I, I I wish I could change it, but now I feel like I've said it so many times. It's on yeah. everything. Yeah. But yeah, well, thank you so
1: much for coming on the show, and I hope that you have a really lovely rest of the week. And you too, thanks so much for inviting me. I really appreciate it and enjoy chatting to you.
0: And now on to my talk with Patsy from Moxon. Hello, Patsy. Thank you so much for coming on Let's Talk Shop. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad to have you here. It would be great if you can introduce your business and yourself.
2: Yeah, of course. So I'm Patsy, um, co founder of Mox in London. We represent design led lifestyle brands and help them get into the best retail stores in the world.
0: That's amazing. How long have you been going and how did it come about?
2: Um, So we have been going for four years. It was our birthday in April, which obviously we couldn't celebrate, but there we go. Yeah. <laughs> and it came about, so um, I used to be, I was training to be a buyer in fashion for like a large UK retailer after having lots of sales training. So I switched from sales to buying in fashion and didn't really enjoy it. So when I was looking for another job, I knew that I wanted to do something kind of creative. So I started working for a company, which was two designers. They designed homeware and gifts and sold them to Urban Outfitters. And it was a really big change and I'd only worked in like huge for huge companies before really really liked working for two designers whilst i was there we kind of um onboarded some really cool retail clients it was when Oliver of bonus were just becoming big so we got in with them which was really exciting and then the two designers kind of wanted to change direction there was they wanted to close the business so myself and one of the designers decided to set up moxon whilst we'd been working for the previous business we realized there was lots of other brands out there in the world Needed to be put in front of retailers like Oliver Bonus. So we thought we'd set up a business in order to help them and do that. That's how Boxum was uh, created.
0: That's great. And that was different. I mean, now there's quite a few different platforms, aren't they? But before, there was really sales agents, sales reps, and in house. Sales teams, I suppose. Yeah. So it was a bit new and different then.
2: It was. It's it was it's really exciting. Um I think we are born from a place of we have great partnerships with a lot of the retailers that we work with and they were constantly asking us for new products. But obviously when you're two designers, you can't keep producing product at a fast rate. So we thought that that would be a good way to do it by introducing all the brands that we met at trade shows to those retailers. So yeah, it was it was quite. Um, I know this word is very overused, but it was quite organic in the way that the business came about.
0: Oh, that's great. I think you learn as you go, almost kind of grows into something which is amazing so how do you work with brands and and retailers now I suppose and who how do you select
2: brands or how do they get involved so we started off with a few brands that we'd initially met at trade shows so obviously you go to these trade shows and the people next to you, you end up going out for drinks with them. And like you really realize what what the people, the owners of the brands are about. So we started with them because we knew we had really great relationships with them. Um, and then from there, we kind of just were always like online on Instagram, obviously, like on design blog, just reading things. So we connect with quite a lot of designers just through that. And then we kind of look at what their offering is. Where their, where their products are going and w- th- but the main thing is like do we have retailers that we know will love their products and kind of like can fit in with 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 where they're going and do we have enough retailers to be able to help them and do the retail is there a demand from retailers for their products yeah so they're selected like that and some of them so there's a conversation that we're having with a brand at the moment that started in summer last year sometimes it's not the right time um, for either us or them and then we can like just stay in touch and kind of just carry on that relationship and then they'll come back and say oh hey actually we could use a little bit of help with this or um do you know what we can do well let's pick up this conversation because actually we're in a position now that we think that you could help yeah
0: that's great and do you work on commission with the brands or how does that work
2: there's a few different options um which i won't get into the minor detail of because it will
0: yeah yeah of don't course. you.
2: but it kind of depends on the brand and their um the way that they work and the way that they're set up. So some of the brands we just work with on an agent basis with. So we take orders, they send them to the retailers and then we just like take a percentage of that. And then other brands, we hold their stock for them in our warehouse and then we cover all the shipping, all the returns, all of that. And then we just, we take a percentage of commission based on that stock but their stock is in our warehouse they just send us the stock so yeah it totally depends we're quite flexible and every time we talk to a new brand we consider what is best for them and what would work for us and then we come to an agreement that way and can brands also applied kind of be with you guys do or do
0: you mainly approach brands
2: no no yeah we have um we love it when brands apply for us so on our website there's a section that brands can come on and kind of learn how that process works and then they fill their details in and just kind of we just want an overview of like what direction they're heading in. We get applications all the time. And then once every eight weeks, roughly, we sit down and go through them and see if we could really help. And then we'll contact those brands. And then that conversation will begin.
0: And how how many
2: brands do you represent? Currently 10. But I'm sure you'll probably will probably get onto this later. But this time is giving us a lot of the, the ability to kind of onboard new brands and look at new stuff. So we have a few in the pipeline that I won't um, say anything about, but yeah, um, we've got some new ones coming as well.
0: well. That's exciting. With the brands, what what are they new to wholesale? Do they have to have reached a certain stage before you take them on?
2: Yeah, that's a really good question because that's kind of what, what, we, what we thought a lot about before doing this. We have brands at totally various stages. I think the main thing is that whether they've been present in the UK wholesale market for a while or they don't have any stores that they sell to in the uk i think the main thing is that we we can help and we can see growth there so it doesn't really matter as long as we know that we're we we can we can do something whether it's increase those sales or even begin the sales and introduce the brand from the beginning it totally depends Um, we do both ends of the scale well
0: that's good there's a lot of one person brands out there that might not have time to do it all exactly could still work then.
2: Yeah well that's we have we, ha- we work with one um, UK brand which is called an Artful Life. Um, and the Kate who owns the brand is, um, an interior designer. So she's often working with clients and dealing with, um, like layouts and stuff. And she has a product, which is these little hand cast concrete letters. They're really beautiful. And she just doesn't have the time to make the product, do the interior design work and everything else. And her product was already developed. Like she had packaging for it. She knew the pricing. She was already selling to some gallery stores in London anyway. And she was a customer of ours actually, cause she also has a retail store. And she came to us and was like, mm. could you possibly sell these pieces for me? Because I'm making them, but it's just it's something else that's distracting me from doing my other jobs that I've got to do. So, yeah, there's, there's some people that are like that, that I, like you said, just um, a one person company. Who have all these other plates that they're spinning, and we can help out in that way. So it's really interesting. It's just you. Every business is different, isn't it, and require different things. But I think we we certainly do help a lot of people that really want help with that sales and wholesaling and kind of just approaching people and positioning their products in the right way.
0: That's a great thing to do. I think. I think a lot of brands are. You know, it is tough to do it all. And also, for from a retailer perspective, it means that they don't have to see and hear from as many people to get their ranges because that takes time too to look at you know 10 different presentations rather than looking speaking to you about all 10 brands
2: exactly so it makes it really easy for retailers they can come on we have like a, a wholesale platform so they don't necessarily need to talk to anybody when they're really pushed for time they can come yeah. to the platform they can see what's new they can order all of the brands, all from one platform, they get one invoice, they get one delivery. Whenever we have new things, we can present loads of different brands collections all together. So for instance trade shows are, are easy for the retailers that we work with, because instead of visiting 10 different trade stands, they can just come to us. So it does make it really easy. And we're trying all the time to, to work out what is costing retailers the most amount of time and trying to cut that down for them and just like streamline the buying process as much as possible.
0: And what trade shows have you been doing then? That is a good question. We've tried quite
2: a lot of them. (laughs) (laughs) So I'll talk about the two that I think have been the most, well, that have been the most successful for us, which were Top Draw and previously Design Junction. Um, So Top Draw, we obviously it's like it covers so many different categories in terms of you've got stationary homeware by uh, uh ch- children's work kids work kind of thing we've always found that to be a really good show um and then design junction is more of a kind of when you've got a new brand that you want to introduce to the market it's really good to like get press to see that and obviously when press see products and write about them then retailers see those which is really great for new brands and it kind of just that show has always been really good just to kind of create a buzz around a new brand that maybe hasn't been seen in the UK before
0: because that is a consumer thing isn't it but but a lot of brands that a lot of brands get involved in
2: yeah, it's a really, really interesting show, actually. it's So you get consumers. It's a five-day show. Two days are consumers that can come and buy things. You have, like, a press event night. So, like, the are like, oh, yeah. Elle Deco and all of the the big, really beautiful publications come and visit. And, obviously, like, you chat with them and introduce the brand. But then you also do get great re- retailers visiting as well because they're obviously aware that that's quite a it's, – it's a good introduction to new brands and they often find new things there that they haven't seen before. So it's a real good mix for a brand starting out. So if they're not really sure which show to go to, it's a it's a good way to kind of cover a lot of bases and then obviously take the reading after it and work out in which kind of channel you resonated the most. If you're unsure where to go, it's a really good one to kind of work that out and then go towards that.
0: How do you feel during, you know with COVID-19 and everything going on, how do you think that will affect trade shows and retail, I guess, and how the buyers buy this year?
2: Yeah, well, this is all something we're trying to work out, aren't we, as we we go along? (laughs) Yeah, everything
0: changes all the time.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Um, So for us, I think we've constantly been trying to think of ways to introduce new products to retailers in an easier way than trade shows anyway. So I'm not saying that trade shows aren't a thing anymore, that uh, that, uh, they're, they're great and they definitely do serve a function, but there's so many of them now that it's impossible for a buyer in September to attend all of those trade shows and then still have time at the shop. So I think it's just about from a brand perspective, certainly thinking about where your retailers hang out and where they're going to and ask them which trade shows they're going to and be at that trade show rather than trying to do them all. Because as as brands and as exhibitors, if you go to five trade shows within a month with a really small team, you'll have no energy left to carry you through to the rest of the year when Christmas comes. So I think things are changing and this might be a good opportunity with obviously the lack of funds and the more pressure on the the trade shows for, for brands to choo- choose really wisely where they go rather than going to five. And also I think retailers will be much more pushed for time. So they're going to have to be more selective about the shows that they go to. So I think... From our our perspective, we're just kind of thinking we're not going to be doing any trade shows without asking our key retailers whether they'll be attending is the first thing. And secondly, I think there's a lot of other options around it. Like, could you maybe introduce it from a brand's perspective? Could you introduce your products to a retailer by having like a video call? We're all on Zoom now. Everyone's used to this. You could sit down for 30 minutes, record a video, show everyone what the products look like and then send that out, that that could be really helpful. And then you can edit that. You could show them different things to different retailers. So I'm not saying that's the answer, but it's just we all are forced to think more creatively. No,
0: I think that's really interesting, though. You know, I've spoken to some agents and stuff, and they said maybe I will have to do video visits, you know, rather than, um, than face-to-face visits. And also, from a brand perspective, like I suppose if your brand owners did a little short piece of our their brand maybe the buyers will connect more with exactly that so
2: this is the thing it's the like video. you're you need everyone wants to know the face behind the brand and this is something that we're trying to work on we want our retailers not just to know us as moxon but to know the individuals behind all the brands that we represent and i think that's a really good way of doing it it's just it's forcing us all to think differently and i think that is it doesn't mean that the buyers can't see the samples it's just a way to introduce them to the products initially and then maybe you could send samples as a follow-up so you still get that touch and feel that you would at a trade show but yeah I think it's interesting for everybody and I think the main thing is just think creatively but mainly ask ask your retailers about what they want don't go off and do something without knowing that it's going to work for them because we've been guilty of that before we've come up with these great ideas and then we've shown it to retailers I said oh this will help you and they're like yeah no that's not really going to help me with any of my time or i'm not interested in that <laughs> yeah. so we know that now listening to yeah. them is like key before doing anything
0: yeah and how how have you been in touch with retailers during this time what how have you dealt with you know keeping your business going during this time yeah
2: so um initially obviously we kind of just stopped and thought we were we didn't want to kind of just go full speed ahead with continuing with wholesale like we normally would mm-hmm. um, so we were a bit quiet for the first couple of weeks just to kind of that I was sending emails out but we weren't sending like newsletters or we weren't doing anything through like an email platform we were just getting in touch with retailers directly to feel like what was happening and we we kind of took a bit of time to understand where they were at and also talking to our brands about where they saw they were going or what what they expected from us in this time and then we we spoke to the retailers that we knew were still going and some of them were getting way more orders than they ordinarily would so we tried yeah. to think what can we do right now that means that people aren't investing in loads and loads of stock retailers can keep going they can still have our products when when if and when they need them so we offered our retailers uh, uh, the ability to drop ship, which is not something we usually do so they can still continue to list our products mm-hmm. online and then if they had a sale we would either send it direct to the customer or we could send it to the retailer. So we kind of that was like the first step and then the other thing that we thought about doing was some retailers might not have figured out how to ship these items or may not be able to get into into their store to pack anything or their warehouse might be closed so we put a blog post together of all of the retailers that were doing great things and were' trying their best to kind of keep going in whatever capacity that was and we shared that and tried to yep. encourage other all of the independent stores that were included in the blog post to share it but then anyone else that was like a lot of people have wanted to know more about in like um independent stores now so we tried to do that just to support and kind of drive some of that interest to some of the retailers who might have be feeling that things had gone a bit quiet but generally the main thing back to your question is just like what what I've seen is the amazing resilience of independent store owners and retailers so impressive right it's yeah it's it's really amazing I knew that the industry that we're in was like fantastic anyway but even more yeah I'm so impressed
0: I am just It's just great.
2: (laughs) It's just, and when we did the blog post, we had we were emailing retailers and saying, "We just want to let you know we're going to include you in this. That are you happy to?" Because we also didn't want to create like like draw attention to retailers who might have been struggling. Been like, "Well, I don't want any more. Honest, thank you very much." Um, (laughs) So we were getting a lot of feedback from a result of that, and some of the stories we heard, like Zoe from WA Green, was saying that she was walking miles with her daughter going pack up the orders they're walking miles back and it was just like she could have just been like this is too much I can't deal with this right now but th- like all of these independent store owners are so committed to giving their customers the same level of service even in these strange times that it just yeah it made me realize that we're so lucky to be able to work with them and work with brands that are also the same and showing the same resilience so it's it, it, in such a hard time it's been it's been fantastic to see that
0: yeah it's just, it is really impressive i think i've seen on instagram uh, sydney from papersmith she's like biking from her east london home yeah. to the chelsea shop to sh- to bring stock home yeah. so she can send so- orders out yeah and that bike ride is like super long <laughs> yeah, she's gonna be the fittest
2: woman in london by the end of <laughs>
0: Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, but you know everyone's just getting on with it
2: yeah I think that's it and it's it's just it's forcing people to just adapt really quickly and as small business owners we we all can do that and I think that's the the good thing is that this is where we see like real growth in a lot of small retailers because obviously the smaller you are the more agile you can be you just yeah you just need to have the want to switch it up so it's yeah it's been brilliant it's fantastic
0: and have your how did your retailers respond to the drop shipping have they taken advantage of that was that something that they thought was a good idea they
2: found it really useful and it it, they've tried it in different ways so some retailers obviously don't want to lose that whole like um, the feel of opening a gift or a, a piece from them like a lot of them have their own packaging and their own their own way they send out things and it's all wrapped so personally um that's why we wanted to kind of offer that if they weren't able to do that we can send it direct to the customer but then we can send it to them without so it's kind of it, it was kind of we just kind of thought about it's solving a logistic problem if the warehouse isn't open or if the shop isn't open but then it's also um, helping financially because they don't have to like I say invest in stock but they can still offer that range of products so it's been received well and people have used it in different capacities and I think it just it's just making it a little bit easier for them it's one small tiny thing I'm not saying that it's there's people out there doing amazing great big gestures but at the time it was the thing that we could do the easiest and the quickest. so yeah, it's been good.
0: And have you been in touch with retailers? You know about normal wholesale orders. Have you continued to, as pitch your brands and stuff?
2: Yeah, I think so. We have, yes, but we we've approached it in a slightly different way. So obviously, firstly, we wouldn't that we would approach like a large number of stores all at once ordinarily. But I think in these times, it's 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 better to kind of look at what they're doing look at where they're at. There's people that ordinarily we'll be talking to like on a monthly basis that we're not at the moment because I know that now is not the right time for them. But alternatively, like there's there's retail stores that are now buying for Q4, so Christmas time, Mm -hmm. that they need to sign their orders off. Like they need to have that that plan done. Like their range planning is it's it's finished by the end of May. And if you're not in and the brands haven't been presented by that point, then you're not in stock at Christmas. And those people are still going on. They're busier than ever. We've had so much success with that that I'm not really sure would have been um, as quick and the decisions wouldn't have been made within a short period of time had we not had this so in a way that has actually been easier because it was a real it was a real um, like month of just focusing and getting all that information over and I was constantly filling in like supplier sheets and sending loads of emails out to all these people that were buying for Q4 but now it's kind of wrapped up and it's done and we can go back to those brands and say oh by the way we've got this order for Christmas so whilst things are kind of a little bit slower now, I think it's just about working out which of your retailers can have those conversations and just communicating with them. Yeah, I think
0: the the sort of chain to get something signed off has been shorter than ever with some retailers because they've on some of the buying team. There's been less people that has to go. Yeah, I like that. Um, exactly. And less, you know, oh the the selection meeting moved again or. Because you know they 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 couldn't do that the same way as they would normally do when they're all in their head offices.
2: Exactly, and it's it's also obviously there's still going to be production issues after this because there's so many products that need to be made in the that haven't been being produced in the downtime. But then also a lot of these retailers are now under pressure to fulfil what whatever the whatever revenue they usually do in a year may have been lost for even if it was just a month or so whilst they were adjusting and trying to work out how it was things were going to work, they need to make sure that they recoup that revenue in the last quarter when sales are really busy. So, yeah, it's been interesting, and it, but I've been very conscious of, yeah, who to contact and at the right time, even more so than normal, and obviously not send out like mass comms to anybody with new product launches because I just don't feel it's really the right time to do that hmm. with the current situation. And
0: what type of retailers have you... Found have been more responsive and and still in their businesses
2: it's it's really wide ranging so like you say uh, a lot of the 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 bigger stores um like the retailers with multiple doors um their teams have been furloughed so i don't know whether they've been more responsive because they're not in and out of meetings every five seconds they're not having to manage a team because the team aren't there so they've been really responsive but then also at the other end there's like some of the independent stores like Sid that you mentioned I know Sid is basically doing everything all across papersmiths at the moment yeah so I emailed her and I was like well I'm not going to hear back from her for at least a week because she's doing everything all at once so it's it's kind of it's been different across different stores because you've just got to kind of understand how many people they've got and how they're trying to some of them do five people's job yeah um with a much greater demand on them as well From their spare bedroom. (laughs) Exactly.
0: (laughs) (laughs) While the kids are running around.
2: (laughs) Yeah, this is it. I think we've all just got to be a bit more patient and just kind of obviously continue as much as we possibly can. But yeah, I think patience is just the key, really.
0: So are you feeling positive about retail for this autumn do you think any there will be any clear sort of I don't want to say winners but people that will do well at when we come out of this and shops open up again
2: yeah for sure like I, I feel really optimistic I think it's it's been a great opportunity for people to really look at what their customers want because it's the cust- customers buying habits have changed firstly obviously everyone's buying things for their home and people want to spend more time together and kind of gift each other more personal things so i think that the demand has just kind of shift shifted and i think a lot of our products actually kind of fit in with that so from our brand's perspective like i'm really hopeful that we'll be able to maintain and grow the sales that we had last year for sure
0: yeah and i think that people are after a brand where they're storing more or you know where they can see the value a little bit more it's not just about cutting cut price it's more about why they're buying something
2: yeah and I think that's something that we definitely can do more of like I said before I think it's we need to get our our brands in like their stories and pull those pull those stories out and the why they why they founded their brand and Mm. what what really is the reason behind why they do what they do because as I said before like all of the brands that we work with we have great partnership and they're all we work with them all because we love the people behind the brand. <laughs> We're really quite funny about if we find a brand where the product is amazing, we know retailers would love it, but the person that running the brand or the owner doesn't quite fit in. We, we, we can't see that there would be like a... a, a a natural relationship there. Mm. We usually make the call and say we probably don't think this is for us. I know that sounds quite like cutthroat, but No, um, I think that's right because you
0: need to stay excited about something.
2: Exactly. And we see ourselves as just like an extension of that brand in a different office. Like we represent them in the same way that they represent themselves. So we need to yeah, we need to be within that partnership. So um yeah, so just by like pulling those stories out and presenting that and maybe encouraging them to do that a little bit more. They all do it really well anyway mm. but i think we need to go to yeah we're gonna have to focus on that a little bit more and we'll, we'll start um presenting that to retailers in a different way
0: have you had a lot of uh ca- did you have a lot of cancelled orders but when everything kind of kicked off did you have demands from slightly larger retailers that or what happened there? yeah
2: yeah so we the larger retailers they with, that we work with usually do raise po's very far in advance and like reserve their stock so those po's were cancelled which is really frustrating in a time where everything kind of comes to a standstill yeah and the orders that you've you've kind of done a sales forecast for aren't coming in but I think it's totally understandable I mean if their stores aren't open and most of their revenue is coming from the stores the online like might recoup a bit of it but not all of it so we it's kind of one of those things of it's more about the long-term relationship isn't it I think if we if we can continue and we can survive without that money, then we need to just kind of take it on the chin we're all We're all in a difficult situation, and yeah, the orders have been cancelled, but they don't want to cancel those the, the orders like I'm sure they would like to be taking that stock in and selling it so I've kind of just seen it that way and just thought, well, I'm sure that it'll be recouped towards the end of the year, and we just need to kind of work with them to find out what we can do to support them and if that means that they don't take the stock, then that's fine,
0: yeah, and also it's not your buyers you know wanting to do that it's they've been told they
2: have to do that yeah
0: exactly (laughs) so they're probably feeling really rubbish about
2: it too yeah exactly I think that's it and it's it's I totally understand so I I kind of expected it and when it happened I thought well there it is we knew that was coming so on to the next thing yeah
0: (laughs) and do you have any advice for for smaller brands that are kind of now starting to shift their focus back to maybe starting to approach retailers again and for their wholesale this year do you have any tips
2: yeah I think so one thing that we always do at the beginning of every year is work out exactly which stores are right for our brands so even if you just start out with five if you're approaching those five customers and you know that your products will sell in that store and will resonate with their customers your comes to them and your approach will be so much more natural and thought out because it it's it will work for them and i think retailers really respond to stuff when 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 you've thought about it and you know that it will work rather than trying to pitch products to them which you're like oh i'll take a punt on this and see if this retailer will buy it i just find that yeah if from especially for people starting out write your dream list of customers of like places that you know you're going to stock because when you w- that will stock your products sorry because when you approach them you yeah your email will just be so it, it allows you to be a lot more passionate as well because you know their brand mm-hmm. you know how their product will sell so that's my main advice like don't hit up loads of stores all at once go for quality rather than quantity exactly and put a bit of strategy around it don't i know that this is really obvious but do never send a canned email to retailers because like a, a blanket email because it's just so obvious but yeah I think that's that's the thing that we find more success with the retailers that um, we have the best relationships with it's because I am so passionate about their stores and love them and I personally buy from them and I know what's on their shelves and I know how it's merchandised and yeah I think just just put yourself in the buyer's shoes and think what what's actually going to help them is your product going to help them and if it is tell them why mm. point it out yeah that's that's my main advice I think just be passionate and be true be honest about what you're
0: doing brilliant and actually i don't know if i covered this or not if a in the shop is listening to this or buyer how can they do they have to register for an account with you how can they buy from you
2: yeah so they can register with us there's a link on our website which i can share with you maybe that you can just go on and browse our brands and see and then you just fill in a short form We approve the account and then you can shop online or you can email us, which is um, trade at moxon.london and we can introduce you to all the brands and kind of suggest products that we think will work well for you. So whichever works, or you can phone us if you like a chat and we also have WhatsApp. So whichever way you want, all of the information is on our website. That's
0: brilliant. I will, of course, put everything in the show notes so that it's all easily there and accessible and all that. But yeah, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been great to have a chat. I think it's really interesting to hear what you do. And I think that your sort of services will do really well this year. I think it can really help small businesses grow this year i hope so yeah thank you so much for having me it's been great to chat with you no problem and and are you also on instagram how can people connect with you and stuff
2: yeah so our website is www.moxon.london. you can find all of our products on there and our instagram is at Moxon london and also on twitter but twitter isn't as much as a thing so yeah follow us on instagram and go check out our website
0: <laughs> <laughs> i have a twitter as well it's very Vocational (laughs) (laughs) Well thank you so much For coming and having a chat And sharing everything about you And and your knowledge Yes thank you so much Thank you so much Gail and Patsy For coming on the show And thank you to all of you who are listening I am still recording Lots of episodes And I'm really enjoying it I wonder how many episodes Season 3 will end up being In the end I haven't actually put a firm number to it or made a firm plan around that so it'd be very interesting to see where this journey takes us. I hope that you guys are feeling okay. I'd love to hear from you. Let me know how you're doing, how sales are and I will be back in the next few days with another episode. Thank you so much for listening.